Well, I'm glad that each one of you are here, and uh, I want to take some time. Now, apologies to those who were at prayer last night, our, our volunteer and leadership focus, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, as well. Sometimes you have to shake the tablet to make it turn. But uh, I'm, I'm going to just kind of mention that. But I, I spoke last night to our leaders. I think we had 10, 10 people here, not counting the children. And so uh, as, I, as I spoke and, and then later we had a time of prayer, I really felt the Lord said, you know what, what you said needs to be more than just 10 people. And so, Brother and Sister Perryman, I know some of them are downstairs with the young people, and uh, but Brother and Sister Perryman, my wife, and my mother-in-law, uh, apologies, you're going to have to hear it twice, but uh, I just wanted to take take some time to, to do that. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me, and, and we're going to start here, and then, and then I'm going to flesh it. You're just going to have to let me be a pastor tonight, and nothing bad, don't, don't get scared, this is not a bad thing, but just let me, let me talk to you. And, and, and let me let the word of God speak to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. Uh, and and I'm, I'm reading in the King James Version Bible. It says this. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. If you read that same verse... In the New International Version, just another, a different version, it says it this way, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And tonight it's a very simple phrase. I want to just to, to impress upon you. There, there will be teaching that will go forth. But more than teaching, I want to impress upon you the importance of this phrase, follow me. As I follow Christ. But I, I don't want you to think that I'm talking of me as pastor. So I want you to take your finger and I want you to repeat that phrase but point to yourself and make it apply to you. Say, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Sometimes a verse in the Bible sums up the sermon perfectly. To be honest, in all actuality, I could have simply read or quoted this verse. I could walk away from the pulpit and be done. It's that simple. But here, here's the thing. In doing so, sometimes the simplest things are the hardest to grasp. If, if, you, were to, um, if you were to sum up, I, I read this the other day. Now, now, just like I said, let me just talk tonight if you don't mind. Uh, the Lord, the Lord never said, go win a soul. That phrase is not in the Bible anywhere. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that it's absolutely possible. But does anybody know what the phrase is that he likes to use? He said, go make disciples. The disciples, they were called followers of Jesus. 
the word Christian that became a phrase coined as the book of Acts church began to be birthed and, and the disciples and the followers of Christ begin to take what Jesus had taught them and what the messianic prophecies had led up to. They begin to call these, it was at Antioch, the book of Acts says, it was at Antioch that they were first called Christians. And this really doesn't do it justice because Christians is, we're, we're trying to translate the English word. You'd have to go back to the Greek or the, the Hebrew. But in the English translation of an English word, Christian means Christ-like. I act like Christ. To be honest, that in everything that you and I do, the greatest, there's two greatest things that you need to do. You need to follow Christ and you need to lead others so that they follow Christ. There's nothing more to, to that. That's it in its simplicity. And, and uh, last night we, we had, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take, take some time to communicate this. We had our volunteers in ministry prayer and leadership session. And, and to be honest, there wasn't enough volunteers and leadership there. We, we, we've tried this year to, to, to make that easier. People are always saying, make it easy. And so we do, and sometimes it still doesn't help. But uh, we, with the first Tuesday of every month, we do men's prayer, or uh, ladies' prayer, ladies' prayer. And then the second Tuesday of every month, we do men's prayer. The third Tuesday, it's open for everybody. And then there's also children's prayer that happens there. And then this, this fourth Tuesday, I, wanted, I want to uh, really use it to, to bring people together. A lot of people say, oh, what's going on in the church? Well, if you'll come on the fourth Tuesday you'll find out exactly what all's happened because we want to make sure that our volunteers in ministry and our leaders and, and, and if you teach a Sunday school class or, or you run sound or the computer or you take up the offering or really anything that you do in this church, sing, play, if you shake hands at the door, I want you to be a part of that. And so we take time to pray and teach and expound. And what I'm going to do tonight is, a, is just a little more than what I did Last night, and so again, to those of you who are here, you're gonna hear the same stories, but just act like you just kind of smile and act like they, they're good, like you've heard an, a joke before. Um, but you know, I, I love the West, I love that part of our history. Um, from, from Daniel Boone, in fact, I just got a, a, a biography. Um, I didn't even tell you that, Sister Buford, sorry. I got it on Amazon and it just jumped out at me, but I just got it yesterday. I bought a, I bought a bi biography of Daniel Boone. I can't wait to read it. Uh, I've, I've read just some great books of these trappers, Kit Carson and uh, uh, Wild Bill Hickok and, and some of the mountain men that you, that you see. Uh, I love it. Now, it's not necessarily history, although he does a great job weaving history in it. But my favorite author of all is Louis L'Amour. Any, anybody read Louis L'Amour's uh, growing up? Some of you have. The rest of you are, are just, you're missing out on it. I don't know if you can go to heaven if you've never read uh, Louis L'Amour. But uh, and what, he, he, just, he, he had a way of, of making a character. And one of the characters that he fleshed out and, and has several short stories, and uh, I love it, is, is a Texas Ranger by the name of Chick Beaudry. Chick Beaudry, it was said of him that he could track a snake across a flat rock. And, and, and meaning that back in those days, you had to read sign in order to know what had happened. They could, um, I remember reading in, in, in 
Louis L'Amour's books, and, and he, he brings, he pulls from historical references, and even though it's, it's fiction, but it's true, he, he tells of, of, you know, seeing where someone squatted in the dust, and you could see the marks from the spurs. And you would know how big or how long those spurs were. I've, I, I, I've seen him talk about, you know, uh, uh, seeing where someone had laid in the dust. If you're a hunter, you have usually used some of the tracking abilities. I can take you out to property right now. It, just any property that has deer. Uh, Brother, Brother Cozart, you could do this. I can take you and I can show you where a deer has laid down. I can show you their beds. I can show you where they cross. The art of tracking. Um, you know, they would, they, they would track, and, and, and you can tell a lot of what has happened by tracking. The, they, they tell me that when a man, if a man or you know, a human walks across a field with tall grass, uh, we, we could kick the grass down in the direction that we're going. But a horse, because of the way the hooves of a horse come down, a horse or a cow, they kick the direction backwards into the direction they came. And so if you know if you're tracking a man or a horse, you'll know where you're going. Uh, I I told some of them last night that I remember when I was at Gateway, Gateway uh, College of Evangelism, it had that large uh, campus, a lot of wooded area. And I remember one day when it had snowed, and I was walking around the snow, and I could see rabbit tracks that, that uh, you know, the, those little dots in the front and the longer furrows in the back. And I could see where that rabbit was walking. And, and I just, for a hunch, was following that. And then all of a sudden there was kind of an explosion in the snow. Everything was, was all messed up and jumbled. And, and there were these kind of furrows out a foot or so away. And then there were some specks of crimson. And I realized that what I was watching, what I was seeing was where an innocent little rabbit was hopping along doing his his own thing. And a hawk or 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 an owl, something, had swooped down and that explosion was the wings. And I could see where the tips of the wings had hit and it had picked up that rabbit and there were no more tracks. You can tell things by a track. Um, It's an art that takes practice. A true tracker can tell much, they, they, they can tell you, um, I mean, they, they can tell you most likely the gender of a person by a track. I mean, for example, if the track is a little kind of a triangular thing and then a hole in the back, it's a woman in high heels or a very disturbed man. But, but you, can, you can tell with the track, you can tell how much a person weighs or, or, or if they limp. You, you can tell a lot of things. You can tell the size because how far those tracks are apart is most likely uh, uh, indicative of the height of a person. A smaller, a shorter man, his steps are closer together. A taller person, his steps are farther apart. You can tell that. But most importantly, a tracker can tell where a person has been, and where a person is going. Um, again, not, not necessarily, tracking's not that important unless you hunt, or just like that, concrete roads, and the fact that people don't ride horses or walk everywhere anymore, it's led to the art of tracking. But there's still a process in detective work that takes that. 
That's why they make casts of, of tire tracks. They, if a crime has been committed and there's a tire track there, they'll, they've got a little box they put over it. They spray this hardener on it. They pour plaster of Paris in there. And they can get it. And then they can tell you, Almost exactly what tire that came from. And, and even then, a lot of those, they can tell you what vehicle they came from because a lot of your vehicles, the standard, oper- or the standard um, uh, equipment is there. Just yesterday, and again, I'm, we, we live in America. You're innocent until proven guilty, but since it broke on the news, then, then that's why I'm talking about it. Not necessarily trying to say guilty or not, just it, it, it stuck. You have the breaking story of the lady accused of first-degree murder here in O'Fallon. One of the the keys to her indictment that that you read was this, and I want you to pay close attention because it's all what I want to talk about. One of the keys that led to her story unraveling is she said, this is where I was, this is all I'd been. I went to this antique store, this antique store. But they got a warrant and they got her phone. Phones, now most of our smartphones, they have GPS things in them. And, and so they got a warrant to search the GPS history of her phone. Whether you like it or not, if you've got your GPS on, it's constantly tracking you. If you don't want Big Brother to know, turn it off or go get you a flip phone. But uh, they, they found that, that the history of her phone put her at a certain apartment complex. And they began to piece things together. They digitally tracked her movements through her GPS. Which tracks. But I want to talk to you today about a different kind of tracks that you make. Would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 and, and, and we're going to start in verse 1. Tonight I'm gonna, I've got a lot of verses that I want to read and hopefully um, you can catch the flow. But I want you to just see it. Philippians chapter 3, finally my brethren rejoice in the Lord. I know I'm writing the same things to you. To me, indeed, it's not grievous, but it's, it's safe for you. I'll be doing a lot of paraphrasing, but just hang with me. He, Paul said, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. We are of the circumcision, which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. We don't have confidence in the flesh. First off, he was saying, you've got to beware of some things, some people. There are those that will lead you astray. And then he goes on to say that if I was going to rejoice in the flesh, man, look at everything I could do. I'm, I was circumcised the eighth day. I'm of the stock of Israel. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Uh, if you want to talk about the law, my goodness, I'm a Pharisee. I know it all. Uh, I, I'm zealous. But in verse 7, he said, but all of those things that I should say are gain." I count as loss. In fact, not even do I count them as loss, but I count them just like dung. I only want to know Christ, that I could be found in Christ, verse 9, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. I want the righteousness of God by faith, and this is what Paul said, that I may know him, that I may know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. And then we have that famous verse, verse 14. Or, or let's start at verse 13. Brethren, I count myself not to apprehended. He says, I'm not saying I've arrived. But this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind. And I press forward, reaching forward unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
He said, let us therefore, as many as be perfect, not meaning that we're perfect people, but as many that will do right, as many of us be thus minded. And if anything else be otherwise minded, if you're going to have any other idea than to press toward God and to reach for God, then he said, let God reveal it unto you. But nevertheless, where we have already attained, nevertheless, where we've already made it, where we've already uh, uh, kind of established the walk with God, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same things. Now watch verse 17. Brethren, be followers together of me. Now, if Paul would have started out with that, be fo follow me, it would have seemed kind of presumptuous. But Paul was reiterating 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, follow me, not because I'm Paul. Follow me, not because I'm a great apostle. Follow me, not because I'm a Pharisee and I know everything. He said, follow me because I'm following Christ. I, I'm not, I haven't arrived. I can't tell you that I'm like Christ. I can't tell you that I'm perfect, but my goodness, I am doing everything I can to order my steps. The Bible says, order my steps in your word, O Lord. The Bible says, you know, that let me walk in, the, in, in your way. Let me walk in your precepts. And, and Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But then he goes on to say, he say, but Mark those that walk, uh, uh, which walk so as ye have us for an example. Meaning, since I'm following Christ, I'm giving you a, a, a path you can follow. But number 18, he says, but there's, there's many that walk. I've told you often. And now I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, even with weeping, I'm, there's tears. That, that, that there are those that are walking that are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. If, if, if you can understand where I'm getting, Paul said, follow me because I follow Christ. But then he said, there's some other people you ought not follow. Because, and, and the implication is, they're not following Christ. Mark them. Look at them. Don't follow their tracks. Don't follow their examples. Don't do that. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Brother Ron, can you put that up? First Thessalonians chapter 1. You know, every once in a while, even I find a verse in the Bible that I've not yet really studied. I know I've read it, but it never really spoke to me until today. And as I begin to read this particular verse, it, it just kind of jumped out. The reason is it's at the beginning of one of Paul's epistles. And, and Paul spends time just giving the, the, the greeting. How many of you get a letter and you don't even pay attention to the, you know, the hey, how are you doing, you know, greetings or dear so-and-so because it's so common. That's what I did reading Paul's letters. I skipped over the greeting part and missed this incredible truth. But watch it. I love it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 1, and we're going to read down to about verse uh, 10. But I want you to follow along on the screen. This is how Paul starts the first of his letters to the Thessalonians. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus. That's Paul, that's Silas, and that's Timothy. He says, us three... Unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you, and we make mention of you 
in our prayers. Now, as we read this, I want you to pretend that Paul's writing to you, okay? Because this is one of those verses that just I missed. But I want you to watch what, what mattered to Paul. Paul said, I've been praying for y'all. I give thanks all the time for y'all. And, and, and I'm, I, uh, I mention you in my prayers. Now, now look at verse 3. I remember without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ at the sight of our Father. And I know, brethren beloved, I know your election of God. I know you're saved. Isn't that powerful? Wouldn't you like to have Paul write that to you? He keeps going. He says, verse 5, For our gospel came unto you in word, not in word only, but in power, and in the Holy Ghost, in much assurance, and you know what manner of men we were for your sake. What Paul was saying was, you know when I came to Thessalonica, and I came there, you know that I didn't just teach but I preached. And when I preached, there was the power of God behind it. And here's what he said. So you know who we are. You, you know everything about us, but, but this is it. Verse, verse number six. And you became followers of us. Now wait. If he would have stopped there, you've got the makings of a cult. But Paul's very quick. Notice that I have pulled from about three or four different letters that Paul has written. Starting in verse 1 Corinthians, follow me because I follow Christ. But he said, you became followers of us, hand of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, but with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Now that's exciting, right? But watch what happens next. Go to the next uh, verse. And so, after you followed me because I followed Christ, you were in samples. That word means example. You were an example to all that believe in Macedonia and in Acacia. And for, now, now let, me, let me slow this down because I like it. Far from you, far from you, though I, I don't speak some of those words properly. You sounded out the word of the Lord. We're not talking about Paul or Timothy or, or, or Silas right now. We're talking about the people who were in the church that sat on the pews that were just like you and just like me. You sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Acacia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad. And I love what Paul said now, so that we don't need to preach. If that don't get your motor running, then I don't know what else to do. Paul said, I'm so excited that I could preach the gospel to you. You get filled with the Holy Ghost and your testimony spreads not only in your town, but it spreads everywhere. And I don't even have to preach because when I get there, someone is already a believer because of your example. They, in verse 9, it says, they, sh they themselves, those that, that you're talking to, those that you're leading, they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. I don't know any other way to say it. Well, let me say it in the New Living Translation. They keep, or, 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 or 
let me start in verse 8. For now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Acacia, for wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them at all about it. They keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you're looking forward to the coming of God from heaven. Who God, uh, um, and, and, and it goes on, and I'm, I'm going to stop right there. I love that. Paul said, you followed me because I'm following Christ. But now people are following you because you led them in the right direction. The purpose is very simple. In fact, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. And I'm going to just warn you, I'm, I'm working on, a, on sermons from Hebrews. It, that, like I said, Brother Jesus that preached last Wednesday night, he got me all fired up. And I have been looking through Hebrews. And, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to start from Hebrews chapter 1 and end. And, and just, just walk through it like we did a couple years ago through the book of Revelation and the book of Romans. But... So, so get ready. We're going we're to jump into Hebrews. But let me just give you one verse. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. He says that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Follow me as I follow Christ. Are you all right today? All right, let me, let me take you on one more journey, and then I'm going to wrap it up. I want you to grab your Bible. I want you to grab your phone. Brother Ron's going to follow with me on the screen. I want you to have it. You could look in my Bible right now, and you'd see uh, underlining. You'd see uh, highlighting going on. This, this particular chapter of the Bible is more written in my Bible than any other place, I think, in the Word of God. And so I'm going I'm to read it, paraphrase it, but I want you to see Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 5, and I want to kind of walk, and then we're going to end this, uh, and I want to talk to you. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Is this talking about pastors? Nope. Is this talking about missionaries? No. Is this a preaching calling? Absolutely not. This is the calling of God. Whosoever will, let him come. If you're here in this building and you have experienced the salvation of Jesus Christ, you've been called. If you've experienced the grace and the mercy of God, you've been called. And he said those that have been called walk worthy. Why? Because somebody's going to follow you. He says, he says, walk with lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He goes on to say, there's one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. He said there's only one way to walk, and walk in it because somebody's following you. Let me, let me slip down. You, 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 you get this where it talks about that, that we've given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Verse 11, he gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers that five-fold ministry. It's for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. There, there's, we need church, basically. You need someone to preach because it keeps us walking right. 
for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying. And this is why it says, till we all come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, even unto the measure of the stature which is the fullness of Christ. You need to walk right because someone's following. He goes on to say, and this is the, this is the, the, the negative part. He's just said everybody's walking straight. But he said, it's so that henceforth we don't be children anymore, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, the slide of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they wait to deceive. Keep walking straight. Don't get turned away. Don't go here. There's going to be people that want to deceive you. There's people you can follow. There's tracks you can go. There's a direction you can go. But don't follow Christ. He keeps going. He goes a little bit further. He, he, he says, um, uh, it starts talking about, you know, that, that speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in him in all things, which is the head even of Christ, in whom the whole body fitly joined together. You have all of this. Verse 17, though. I, think, I hope you're picking up the, the walking and the, and the straightness. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that henceforth you walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Don't walk having your understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness in their heart. And this, verse 19, there are some verses in the Bible that just punch me right in the chest, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. That means they started walking a direction. They got they, they somehow followed somebody or something and they got so far away that their conscience no longer taps them. Their past feeling. They've given themselves over to lasciviousness, which is just a, a a base and uncleanliness. I, uh, I don't know any other way to say it. It's impurity. It's just, they're so far gone. But it says, You have not so learned. It goes on to say, Put off, verse 22, put off the former conversations that the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, now let me do this fast so we can keep up. Put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Why? Because people are going to be watching you. They're following you. They want to, I want them to end up at Jesus because they followed you. Jesus isn't, if, if you will, the, the, the humanity, the man, the visible image of God is not here on earth anymore. You're not going to have a, a Jesus Christ that walks into your, your, your office and says, follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. You don't have that anymore. You don't have Jesus the Christ, the man, the flesh, the blood. You don't have him walking down and, 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 and going to the hospitals and just raising up dead people. If they're going to follow Christ, it's going to be because they followed you. They're walking in your path. He says, so don't lie. Don't be, or you, you can be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't give place to the devil. If you steal, don't steal anymore, but rather labor, working with his hands the things that are good. Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edification, that it might minister grace to the hearers. Why? Because people are following you. When you open your mouth and that, that joke, that, that, that lewd, that that. Things that basically anything that's corrupt 
People are listening. They're watching. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit whereby you're sealed into the day of redemption. But let bitterness and wrath and anger, in fact, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put, be put away from you. E- even all malice, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And remember, it's a letter. He doesn't stop here. He keeps going. We, we go into verse chapter 5, but Paul didn't do that. The very next verse, verse 5, chapter 1, I mean chapter 5, verse 1. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ hath loved us, and hath given himself an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not be named among you once as becoming saints. Neither filthiness or foolish talking. Don't even jest, which is not convenient, but rather give thanks. For this you know, no whoremonger, no, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath inheritance in the kingdom of God. So let no man deceive you because of with vain words, because of the things that cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Watch who you're following. Watch where you're going. Watch what tracks you're paying attention to. Now you were sometimes in darkness, verse 8, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children in the light. Then I want you to go to verse 15. It says, so see then that you walk circumspectly. That word circumspectly, it, it, it has a little bit of a military connotation to it. Meaning, Check your six. Look around you. Don't, don't just put your head. How many of you, this Pokemon Go thing just drives me crazy because I don't understand any of it. But if you've seen anything with Pokemon Go, uh, the other day I, I drove through the park, really because my son wanted me to and I'm a good dad and, you know, whatever. I know there was things I did that my dad didn't understand and he loved me and he cared for me and I appreciate it. So I'm doing that for my son. I went through the park and there was, everybody was lined up. I mean, it was, I've never seen that many people in Fort Zumwalt Park. And every one of them had their phone like this. I don't really know what they're doing. I've tried to understand it. When my son tries to tell me, it sounds like he's speaking Swahili. And so I, I have no idea. But, but if you're not, have you ever watched somebody walk into a pole because they were watching their phone or they were, they were paying attention? Are they, or, or if you really want to have fun, you're, I mean, I know this is, you're not supposed to laugh at this, but you can go look on YouTube and watch people that fall into fountains, you know. They're just, they're totally lost in what's going on and they fall into fountains. That, that, that is not walking circumspectly. Circumspectly means know your surroundings. Who, what, what, what's happening? He says, don't be a fool, but be wise. And he says, redeeming the time, verse 16, because the days are evil. I've, I've spent all of that time reading all of those verses for that one, again, it, I, I could have just read 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 11, but I didn't. I mean, I did, but then I kept talking. Follow me as I follow Christ. And I want us to stand. Because I want to, to, to ask you this question. How are you walking? What tracks are you making? 
the, the lady that we, we, we talked about that, that her, her GPS, her GPS said that her talk was different than her walk. I wasn't there. But ma'am, your, your tracks show differently. You ever heard someone say, you got to walk the talk? It's one thing to say, I love God, I live for God, I'm, I'm holy, I'm, I'm doing this. But does your tracks prove it? If someone, if someone sees you, one of, the, one of the most horrific things I've ever seen, it was really funny in a horrible way. I was in Toledo, Ohio. This was back when we lived in Toledo, Ohio. I was a police chaplain there as well. I was riding with the police officer. And uh, they pulled over a car. I didn't recognize it. Pulled over a car. And the, the, the police cars in, in, in Sylvania, Ohio, they had the, the video cameras. And the policeman wore a microphone. And there was a, a, a video screen in the car. So I could see everything. It was like basically looking at cops, you know, that dashboard camera. I couldn't see the lady, but I've never heard a person cuss anywhere as this lady cussed out that police officer. I mean, lit him one side up and the other. The computer, the police car was right there, and finally it, 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 it rang through because they have to run the license plate. Y'all been, you know, pulled over. You know how it goes, license registration. All of a sudden, I realized I recognized that lady. She went to our church. I'm not saying she was a good lady, but she went to the First Apostolic Church of Toledo, Ohio, and I couldn't help myself, Brother Perryman. I got out of the car. I wasn't supposed to. I got out of the car. I walked around the other side. I tapped on the window. I said, hello, sister so-and-so. And she went. Her walk proved differently from her talk, if you will. Facebook is a great indicator. Social media is a great indicator of what tracks you're making. Mom and dad, there's a little set of footprints that follow yours. Most times, if you tell your kid that that's wrong, but you're doing it, you're not laying down a good track can't say, ah, you know, son, I don't think you should watch that. And then when the kids go to bed, you watch it. Don't work that way. What tracks are you making? Because somebody's following you. Sunday school teachers, you're just as important as a pastor behind this pulpit on a Sunday morning. But what you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday will eventually lead those children it's more than just your teaching. They're following some tracks. Many of you, you've been mentors. Many of you, people look up to you. There's those that follow you at your work. There's those that are looking. And, and, and I'm going to be just, just brutally honest. Uh, I, I kind of think that some of the greatest testimonies are what you do at work. I read and, and I have tried in vain to find it so that I could give proper credit. But I, I cannot find it. I have talked to people, but there was a pastor who wrote that, that 
his daughter worked in the medical field, and I don't know if it was a hospital or a doctor's office, but, but she, she was in that medical field, and she said, I'm not going to wear those scrub pants. I don't wear pants anywhere else. And because she took a stand, they changed the, 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 the handbook of, of that medical facility. And, and, and I know, Sister Dawn, I can say this because I've been to DePaul Hospital enough. And, and I'm thankful that when I go to DePaul Hospital, there, there, there'd be a lot of people that would say it's okay. But she chose to walk so that others can follow. I, I know that may just pick on, on, on one of those standards, if you will. Bible says I would that men everywhere would pray lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting meaning that you don't just do that at church you do that on your job first time you hit your thumb with a hammer and those blue words come out and split the air somebody's watching what they're going to say is guess his Holy Ghost wasn't all that great they're watching you and they're following you but all of that goes Follow me because I follow Christ. In everything we do, we're laying down a track. And I want it to be that Zane, now, now that there's things that Zane has said, and he says, you know, I want to I be like you, Daddy. And man, I'm telling you, it makes me swell with pride. I hope this year my son gets his very first deer. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can. But, and, and that's great. I'll, I'll be excited. You'll see it on Facebook. If you don't like that, then disconnect. But what, what I want more is when I kneel to pray, I got another one kneeling to pray. When Zane goes to school, he walks so that others might follow him. Zoe might walk that others might follow. I'm asking you this question, who's following you? And if they follow you, will it lead them to God? Will it lead them to heaven? I want us just to lift our hands just right where you are. I know we could come to the front, and, and, and I guess if you want to, that's perfectly fine with me. But I think God just wants to touch you right where you are for a moment. I want you to take everything you've heard, everything you've learned, and I want you to begin to talk to God because you know the tracks you've made in Jesus' name.